What is up, everybody? Man, oh man, how the time has flown. We are already in the NBA Conference Finals, and we are doing our Conference Finals preview show. I am Michael Smith. I'm here along with my co-host, Andrew George. We have a couple members here on this panel as we discuss the two Conference Finals series that started last night. With us today are Corey Jones, who is a junior in our sport management program, also does work with the BW men's basketball team, and Andrew Cregan, who is also a junior in our sport management program and does work with the BW women's team. So they both have a wealth of knowledge on basketball, and I'm definitely excited to get into this. Andrew, how are you feeling? Dude, super, super stoked. Still on the still on that energy high from last night. Uh, I'm sure we'll get to the Nuggets in a little bit, but... Uh... Super, super excited. I can't believe it's we're already in the conference finals. I feel like we just started doing these previews not that long ago. So, um, Yeah, so. I, I mean, I definitely think with the bubble, too, because there's only one off day in between games. That's probably part of the reason it's going by fast. But still, nonetheless, uh, the first two series have gone by so fast. And so we will get into the one that started last night on Tuesday. That is the Boston Celtics versus Miami Heat series. And I don't know if you can start off a series a better way than that. It was an epic game one, went into OT, clutch shot by Jimmy Butler that won the game for the Heat in overtime. But I'll hand it off to you first, Andrew Cregan. What do you got for me on this series? This series is nuts, man. It's it's so back and forth. And honestly, coming into it, I really didn't know if the Heat would be able to stand. I didn't know. Like, they play great team basketball. It's amazing. But I just didn't know if they had that guy that when they need a bucket, like, man, who are we going to give the ball to to get a bucket when we're going down the stretch? Defense is tightening up. But Jimmy Butler just time and time again just turns into that guy. He's their guy. He's hitting those late uh, late in-game shots like it's nothing. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think it, he's proven now that he's very clutch. Let me uh, turn it over to you, Corey, then. What are you seeing so far in this series after game one, and what do you expect here on out from both squads? Yeah, uh, to Cregan's point, dude, like, Jimmy Butler, that shot last night was so clutch. Like, he's, like, one of the least efficient shooters in the NBA, and then he goes out and hits, like, a what was that, like a turnaround or, like, a fadeaway three in the corner. It was nuts. And he's been going ham all playoffs. But, um, yeah, like, I'm the same way. I think this could seriously go either way, but – I'm going to say Boston in seven. I think they just have a little more um, star power with Tatum and Kemba. Um, I like the pieces around them too. Um, I think some of the keys for Boston um, defensively is going to be eliminating Miami's threes because in that first game, they kind of got lit up. Um, They shot 44% from three. Um, And even in the regular season, they were seventh um, in three-point frequency. So, it's clearly like a big key for them. And if the Celtics can shut that down and do better than they did in game one, I think they'll be fine. Um, I also think uh, they need to pe- protect the rim better. They give up 37% of the shots at the rim and the heat shot 67% on those 37% sh- percent of shots. Um, and that was uh, in the 84th percentile of um, the ranking for shot percentage inside. Um, so I think they need to protect the rim better. I think Daniel Tice can do better. Um, but once they do, I think they'll be fine. And another thing is they need to do a better job on Bam because that dude tore them up. He is such a good playmaker. Um, I think instead of sagging off of him because he's not a good shooter, I think they should uh, play up on him just to give him some pressure so he can't make those great passes. Um, but other than that, like he was just insane, especially that last uh, block that he had. Andrew, what are your initial thoughts on this series? Yeah, so I got some highlights um, I want to talk about with Miami and Boston, but kind of going off Corey's point um, with Bam Adebayo, he is without a doubt, I think, the X factor for Miami, not just in this series, but really in every series, um, whether it be from uh, like Indiana or Milwaukee to now or whoever they play, Denver or LA in the finals. I mean, he just makes them such a difficult matchup in every series. And to Corey's point about um, Tice, I mean, he's completely outmatched. He, he, I think he could definitely do better than, I think he had four points last night and like playing like, I think maybe 30, 35 minutes or whatever. But the physicality that Bam brings, I feel like, um, and just the passing ability especially stands out to me more than anything in terms of that opens up 
like the chance for Miami to run the offense through him. Um, and we've seen that in different moments of throughout the regular season. Um, Mike, you and I actually saw Miami Boston when we were out um, with BW working the Super Bowl when we went to Miami and we got so to long that. Ago. I know, which is, I mean, to think that we were around that many people without like a mask, it just, the concept seems so weird now, but um, no, it was, I mean, we saw that matchup, man. I think you can see, and I would argue that out of all all 16 teams this postseason, I mean, the only other teams um, in my eyes that have the luxury of being able to run their offense at moments, like through their bigs, like Miami does with Bam, are Denver through Jokic, LA with um, Anthony Davis. We'll get to both those guys in a minute. And I mean, it, depending on how you view Giannis, like position wise, um, I still view him more as um, more as a three out in the wing as opposed to four or five. But I mean, he's athletic freak so he can kind of do whatever but mainly like ad and Jokic, i think you kind of see that similarity um not talent wise yet with bam but in terms of how miami utilizes them so that block on tatum was one of the best blocks i've ever seen um but with that being said for those who are comparing it to lebron's in game seven i mean just stop it i mean Yeah. yeah like i magic johnson um on Twitter or whatever, like said, like, this is the bet. Like, I don't know. He's always active on Twitter, just stating really like general weird things, but like, no, like that. It's well, not. That let, is let me, place. let me ask you this, Andrew. I don't mean to cut you off, but under the circumstances, I would say LeBron's was clearly better. I mean, game seven of the finals, the way that shifted momentum and everything like that. I don't think you can argue the actual physical play itself. Which one do you think was better? LeBron, in my and that's nothing to take away from Bam. I mean, Bam's wrist like bent back, and Tatum literally had the ball like almost in the hoop. So I mean, it was insane. But I mean, we're all like, I mean, Cavs fans for the most part. And then if you just remember watching that, I mean, LeBron wasn't even in the frame of the picture. Um, like the dude, like he literally wasn't even like he came out of nowhere, like. So that that to me, I mean, combined with all the factors you mentioned, like Game Seven, I mean, one of the one of the best. If I mean, statistically, would have been if they won the title, like best record of all time. Like uh, they had the unanimous MVP, all that stuff. Like all those factors, including the actual block. Like for me, that's so it'll always be LeBron with that. No, that's fair for sure. Um, so I know all of you guys seem to think it's going to be a close series. I do too. I think I'm leaning slightly towards Miami, but I really do think it's a coin flip and can go either way. Andrew, you already mentioned that your X factor for the Heat was Bam out of bio. I guess I'll start with you, Corey. Who are the X factors for each team? Because I look at someone like a Kemba Walker who has struggled this postseason, albeit he has been dealing with an injury, but um, he struggled again in game one. And I would imagine, at least for Boston, that's someone that has to get going, right, for them to have mm-hmm. a shot at actually winning this series. Yeah, Cam uh, was a big one, um, especially on the defensive end because what a lot of teams have been doing is they've been um, kind of hunting for him in the pick and roll. So they'll try to get him switched on to uh, the pick and roll ball handling and just let him go at Kemba. And I actually saw a tweet. It was um, – I don't know if this is true. I didn't hear it in the game, but – it was, I guess, Goran Dragic scored on Kemba, and um, someone tweeted that Kemba, you like yelled out, he's like, "Hey, I can't guard him. Somebody's got to switch." Like, yeah. <laughs> he's definitely a liability on defense, so he's an X factor. I also think Marcus Smart is a huge X factor. Yes, I yes, think he he is so good. Like, and he he chucked up threes last game, and he made a lot. Um, I just think his defense, he can guard. I've seen him guard Post. I've seen him guard Siakam last series. He can guard all guards. Uh, I think he's really great on the defensive end. Um, and even, like, taking charges and stuff, like, he flops a lot, but it's, like, it turns into positive things for his team when he flops. Like, there was a play last night where he flopped and they got a, the free th- or a free throw and ball, which is huge. Um, so I think he's an X factor for the Celtics. And then for the Heat, I think it's – I think it's – they're big men. Like, I don't I don't know if Olenek played too much, but Crowder, if they can knock down some of those threes – and um, exploit some of the ball screen coverage by uh, the Celtics, I think that would be huge um, in helping them win the series. And I kind of want to make a quick point about – I love that you brought up Marcus Smart, Corey, Mm because I had some stuff on him. I mean, we talked about um, on the last preview, Mike, about the importance of guys like him, um, Pat Bev, OG and Anobi in Toronto, like guys who are on the court because of their defense. Like that's 
I mean, and even to a much bigger extent, Jimmy Butler, like from that defender to, I mean, a, a, a much bigger extent in terms of what he's able to bring offensively, but those guys that got their moment because of their defensive capabilities and being able to like produce on offense, like you mentioned, right. Corey, like hit some threes outside and bring that extra spark. And like, I pulled up some numbers from him because I was curious because he had 26 um, last night and just curious about like how much he's actually improved as like a scorer. So I looked at his playoff debut from 2015. And so these stats are from or per game over the, that entire postseason. And he played uh, respectable. This is so his rookie year, 22 and a half minutes, um, a little over three um, threes attempted per game. Shot 23%. Now, fast forward five years later to now, the dude's up to 30 and a, 38 and a half minutes a game. He's shooting seven and a half threes and shooting them at a 36% clip, which is awesome. I mean, to see guys like that, like, produce. And like I mentioned last night, dropping 26, like, I don't know. He's just someone that um, it's cool to see how much he's evolved with that. Yeah. Well, I, I think uh, – sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, Corey, no, but I think to – Add on to that point, Andrew, you and I talk about this all the time, but I feel like the NBA is a league where you have 18 and 19 year olds entering it all the time. And I know Marcus Smart spent, uh, you know, a couple of years at Oklahoma State, so it wasn't exactly that. But I feel like there's so much pressure on these guys to produce right away. And if you're drafting the lottery, you're supposed to be a star. The reality of it is, at least statistically, you get one generational, I shouldn't say generational, but one all-star level type talent maybe every two drafts and then um the rest of the guys are usually solid starters and sometimes solid bench players and i think there's a lot of impatience with people but it is really nice to see marcus smart coming to his own now because people forget how dominant he was at oklahoma state and they weren't relevant before he got there and they certainly have not been relevant since he's left so it's really nice to see someone like him succeed because he was always a prowess on the defensive end of the floor but to see him do it now offensively I mean, he fits his role perfectly with the Celtics, but there are teams that he probably could start for. Yeah, I think. Oh, go ahead, ahead, Corey. I think what what you said, Andrew, like how you were saying how he's progressed his offensive game, that's huge because, like, every team that has a star, like, say, like Tatum or Kemba, one of those two, they need that defensive guy who can guard the other team's best player so then their star doesn't have to expend his energy on defense. But then if you have that defensive guy and he can add a three point shot to his game, and then you got the other team's defense collapsing on that star, and they can kick it out to that defensive guy, and he can hit a three. That's so big, and that's what a lot of teams, I think, are looking for. And I think at moments, um, depend. And we know Boston likes to go small ball. Um, I think depending on how small they want to go, if you have him and Kemba um, in at the same time, which we've seen at moments, he's t- it's something like we've seen with um, once we get to Denver, we'll talk about like Jamal and Gary Harris. But you have, um, and we've seen it for years with Steph and Clay. you have that um, defensive guard taking off some of that pressure for the more dominant offensive one with, um, in this case, when Smart and Kemmer are together. So I think it'll definitely be interesting to see. Um, and then one last thing I wanted to bring up with Miami that I forgot was um, I really want to talk about Tyler Hero just because th- I, I got a lot of buy. Oh, I hear, I hear Cregan. Are you, are you a Tyler Hero fan? Oh, yeah. All right, all right. Yes, yeah, so I'll, I'll get mine. I'll make mine quick. Then I'll swing it over to you. But um, we mentioned in the last preview, Mike. How we like I mentioned how like we're seeing Tyler Hero take on a role as a playmaker. Which, as much as I loved him um, from those Balls Life mixtapes to uh, his time at Kentucky, and I was huge on him coming out of the draft. I mean, I never thought it would he would happen like this would happen this fast in terms of evolving this like this quick and. First of all, he was also robbed of all-rookie first team. I'm just going to get that out there. But um, right now, I mean, dude's averaging 14.5, 5.5, and 4, shooting 40% from three in the playoffs. And last night, I mean, he's 20 years old. Like, he's our age. Um, I mean, some of you are um, – wait, I think we're all 20 here. I think. I don't think anyone's 21 yet. Wait, Cregan, you're 21, aren't you? Yeah. Oh, my bad. Okay, we're all – he's basically, like, uh, <laughs> almost all of our ages. But um, he nearly had a triple-double. And he had 11 boards. He led Miami in rebounding, which is insane. He's playing big boy minutes, 40 last night, so he's special. So I just wanted to get that out there. But go ahead, Craig, and what are you going to say? I mean, you literally said exactly what I was going to say. I mean, if like I would have told you that through this playoffs, he was averaging 14, 5, and 3. Like, if I would have told you that when he got drafted, he's going to average that, people would have thought I was crazy. Mm-hmm. But he steps up game after game. And when he gets hot, 
man, like look out. Because he looks so smooth playing. Him and Duncan Robinson for them, I just think yeah. they're really the X factors. Because if those guys are sh- – if they're hitting from deep, there's no stopping them, really. Because Jimmy's going to get to the rack. Goran Dragic, I mean, he's 20 a night. That's that's what he is. And he's dang good. I think people are realizing how good he is right now. They kind of forgot. Um, but, I mean, him and Duncan Robinson, I really think they're the X factor for the Heat. Because what they can bring, they're shooting from outside – I mean, then you got to run at shooters, and they play such team basketball. They'll start swinging it around, get into Bam on the inside. I mean, it's crazy. Hero is such a big shot maker, too. Like, yeah, I mean, always, the ball always seems to find him in like huge moments, and he like delivers every time. It's amazing. Yeah, this is the thing. Their confidence for being so young is insane. Like, yeah. it's and I think that just comes with that culture that Eric Spolstra is. Um, I know Mike, you you're a big Eric Spolstra guy. Um, we talked about, but like just the culture that he brings with that. And then Jimmy Butler, especially, and just even seeing stuff preseason, seeing like hero and I don't know, just seeing young guys where a lot of times there's that perception, like, okay, they're soft. They're not the competitors that we like used to have and all that stuff like that. But I mean, dude, he's destroying that narrative. Like every single time he plays like him and Duncan, Duncan Robinson, his second year pulling up from like 34 feet, like no hesitation, like is insane. But now they're a super fun team to watch. No, but I mean, and I think to your point, a couple things. Um, one, I think with their confidence, I think this is the generation of athletes who, when they first come into their leagues, I mean, they aren't afraid anymore because the way it used to be was you came into the league, it took a couple of years. I mean, ask, uh, you know, obviously the late Kobe Bryant, rest in peace, but ask him what his opinion was about this before he passed because he feels like his numbers could have been even better. But essentially, you sat on the bench for a couple of years. You had to, quote-unquote, earn your minutes even if you were the better player. Um, and I think that goes across all leagues. I mean, you had to shut up. You couldn't, you know, speak up. Veterans were kind of, um, you know, mean to rookies and that sort of thing. So I think that's definitely, I think, just an American sports cultural shift. But to your point on Eric Spolster, Andrew, I just want to give him a shout-out for a minute because – I will continue to say he is the most underrated coach in the NBA because obviously people remember him from when they had the big three in Miami and they won a couple finals. And yeah, that makes your job a bit easier. Although I would argue managing egos like that can make your job more difficult in other aspects, but that's beside the point. But when you look at what he's done with this Heat roster since LeBron left, they missed the playoffs their first year, I believe, but just barely. Um, and that was Dwayne Wade was out for most of that season. Chris Bosh obviously started dealing with things. So you had to deal with Bosh, who was in and out of the lineup. You had a roster where you were depleted of draft picks because you traded away all your future assets so that you could win championships in the moment. You bring over guys like Gordon Dragic and everything like that. And every year before this year, you looked at that Heat roster and you're like, they aren't going to do anything this year. And they always found a way to make it to the playoffs. And now that they finally added that star in Jimmy Butler, who – I mean, admittedly, to me, at least, he's exceeded expectations because, I mean, he's a perfect fit there, and I didn't see him elevating his game to this point or the rest of the teams. Uh, but his his style of play and his demeanor both on and off the court suits that team perfectly, and I love the way his teammates have responded to it. But I think, I mean, especially with where Eric Spolstra started being the video coordinator in that organization and working his way up, I mean, his is one of the best stories in sports, truly, and he is still such an underrated coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the coolest thing about this Heat team is, like, in all the other teams, I mean, you have someone usually averaging 25-plus a game. No one's averaging over 21 points a game on this team, but the thing is, on any given night, one of five guys is just going to get hot and go off. Yeah. They just play such team basketball. It's so fun to watch. I mean, Bam Adebayo is leading them in assists. As their center, it, it's nuts. He's distributing the ball <laughs> everywhere. They're just so much fun to watch. And I think, too, Cregan, you brought up uh, Goran Dragic earlier and Mike just now. He's someone that is who's who's been with those Heat teams, like you mentioned, Mike, on those fringe playoff teams um, post-LeBron and towards the end of D-Wade. And it's cool to see him, like, um, I mean, obviously for Boston, it's not cool to see him drop 29 on you, but, like, um, <laughs> but, like to see him, um, he, he he came off the bench 58 games um the regular season. And for a guy who in Phoenix, when they had that trio of like him, Bledsoe, Isaiah Thomas, um, when they had just so many point guards to the point of like now they have like no point guards, but um, besides the point. But when from him to for him to go from that to Miami 
to playing big minutes to then Kendrick Nunn starting all those games and then kind of like doing his due, his like due diligence. And then now the dude leads them in um, points per game in the playoffs. Like I think around 23, if I'm not mistaken, but like, no, they, there's definitely a lot of fun guys on that team. No, I agree. And uh, my last point I want to touch on real quick is what Cregan said is that they play such team basketball. And the thing is, I feel like with a lot of teams that do that, it's great in the regular season. It's a great story during the season. And then you get to the playoffs and they don't have a guy to hit that final shot. What's unique about the Heat is, yeah, no one's averaging above 25, but you get that team basketball. But you give Jimmy Butler the ball late in the game, there are not too many other guys in this league that I trust more to hit a big shot because he's done it time and time again, which not going to go on this train because we don't have the time. Philly should have kept him over Tobias Harris and Al Horford, but that's a story for another day. But he proved it in Philly with those shots. Last night he did it. He's done it all year with the Heat. I think that's what separates them. They're such a team-oriented uh, group, but they still have that guy that late in game that late in games that can get it done. I think that's what separates them. It's kind of like so, it, it's kind of like the like. Would you guys compare them a little bit to the Spurs? Like yes, the exactly. basketball? I was gonna say that. Yep. Yeah, and then they have shooters, kind of like obviously they don't have the star power of the Warriors, but like they have Bam, who's kind of like Draymond, who can run the offense and dribble the ball up. And then they have shooters that just constantly move. Like they're kind of like a cross between the Spurs and the Warriors, which is um, not too shabby. No, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's about as good as you can get, I feel like, <laughs> between yeah. those teams. But no, I feel like um, like to that point, Corey, especially like in terms of how deep they are and like Cregan mentioned how you can have different guys kill you different nights Um, with Golden State. I mean, in Cleveland we saw – Sean Livingston just absolutely murder us for mid-range, um, which me being like a fan of the mid-range game, like, I mean, it was like bittersweet, but like, but then obviously you have like the Curry's, the Clay's and Draymond before, like just kicking guys in the nuts and stuff. So like, um, it was, uh, <laughs> it was, uh, no, I, I like that comparison. And it's so cool to watch them because I mean, Eric Spolstra, he trusts every guy on that roster down the stretch, the last two minutes of a game. You never know who's gonna who they're gonna like what five they're gonna have on the court. Mm-hmm. Andre Dalla, Kelly Olynyk, um, Derek Jones Jr. They'll put anybody in there. I mean, they trust everybody. They just play team basketball all across the board. Also, how about Jay Crowder and Kelly Olynyk, um, two former Celtics, going up yeah. against both teams? Uh, yeah, I, I read an article that Jay Crowder was pretty um pretty pissed off that uh, he was in that Kyrie trade for Isaiah Thomas when he came to Cleveland for a little bit. So he's played for about the league now, though. What did you say? David Crowd has played for about half the league now. Yeah, honestly, he's yeah, he probably has. <laughs> like, no, it'll um, it'll be cool. And on that point, Andrew Kelly Olenek can kick rocks. Um, Cleveland Cavs fan. But uh, before we transition to that Western Conference series, what are your guys' picks for this one? I already told you I have the Heat in seven, and off the wall is going to hold you to this. So, what do you guys got? Um. Who wants to who wants to take it first? Let's go. go ahead. All right, all right. So, as much as we um, let's see, this is this is a tough series, dude. Um, well, here's the thing. I mean, Jason Tatum's a superstar. Um, I mean, we don't really need to talk about him. Obviously, uh, he's got that Mamba mentality in him, but uh, he's a superstar. Um, Miami's got those dogs. I do. I think Jalen Brown's going to be more of a force on offense than just putting up 17 last night. Uh, Versatility on defense, I really like. Um, uh, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go seven. I'm gonna go Boston and seven, um, just because that was my initial pick before like the year started. Before I, I was stupid and went with Milwaukee and switched it last second. But uh, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Boston and seven. But honestly, either of those teams will be super fun to watch in the finals. Yeah, I got um, I'm I'm the same. I got Boston and seven and. I've got a bet with my mom. Dinner's on the line. She's got the heat. She's a huge heat fan, and I'm I'm, I'm taking the Celtics, so they better not let me down. <laughs> Where are you guys going to go to eat if you win? I don't know. We haven't figured that out yet, but uh, i got to pay for it if I lose. So McDonald's? Yeah. Um, I was thinking um, when. <laughs> what about you, Cregan? Yeah, this is terrible because I feel like I should pick the Heat, but I mean the Celtics. I, I just gotta go. I gotta go Celtics in seven. Jason Tatum, Kemba. I, I think Jalen Brown could honestly be a superstar if he's on another team. I think he's that good. 
And they just – if Marcus Smart keeps it up, man, they feed off his energy so much. If he's mm-hmm. playing – dumping in 20 points a game, I just – I see them winning seven, man. I don't see him losing. Either way, like, this – like, no matter who we pick, it could seriously go either way. I think we feel that all the yeah. same. Like – I don't know. The way things are going, though, looks like it's me and the Heat versus the world. So we'll see how that one <laughs> no, goes. You got Tony Jones <laughs> on your side. so. As we transition here to the Western Conference Series, we have the LA Lakers versus the Los Angeles. Oh, wait. No. The oh, Los Angeles no, it's Lakers not. blew a 3-1 to one lead. <laughs> it's fair to note, too, they blew 12-point, 16-point, and 19-point lead in those last three yeah. games. Just want to throw that out there. But my word, I, I I hate to start this segment by looking into the past before we look into the series, but what the hell happened in that second round series? Not going to lie, Andrew, I'm a bit peeved because um, not only do I have to buy you nuggets now, but I know you made that pick with your heart and not your head. And I don't care what anyone says, you and Nick Wright outside of Denver are the only two people in the United States that picked the Nuggets to make it this far in the playoffs. It's ridiculous. But with that, I'm going to actually turn it to you, Andrew, since you're such a huge Nuggets fan. Before you give me a breakdown on this upcoming series, what happened uh, with the Clippers blowing that 3-1 lead? Well, let the record state that I picked the Nuggets to go to the Western Conference Finals before the playoffs started, and you know that because – you called me crazy. So, you and Nick Wright are the only two people I know that did it, and you were both crazy and somehow right. And I know you picked yours with your heart and not your head, so that's what makes me even more irritated. I believe the exact quote I had last preview was um, all logic points to the Clippers in like five or six, but Nuggets in seven. So, I, so that's fair. That's a fair, fair enough. But um, well, Papa Nicola happened, Mike. Um, Nikola Jokic. So. Him, Jamal Murray, I mean, where do you start? I mean, L.A. Has, was known throughout both the regular season and the postseason, giving up those big leads. I mean, they had absolutely no answer for Jokic. And, that, I mean, that's kind of what – that was what I assumed going in because Zubac wasn't going to – I mean, he's not going to follow him out on the perimeter. Uh, you could throw Jamichael Green all you might, all you want out on Jokic, but it's not going to do anything. Um, Kawhi and Paul George, uh, I guess they just didn't want to – they didn't show up last night. Um, I don't know if they knew there was a game seven going on or I don't know, man. Did they Jamal Murray outscored them, outscored both of them combined, which is insane. So one thing I'll say is I'm not like anti Kawhi by any I think he's a top five player in the league, but what I'll say is Mark Jackson actually said this at the beginning, uh, I think it was midway through the first quarter actually. And Kawhi was kinda he wasn't playing bad. He had like ten or twelve points, like was actually getting it going a little bit, but you can tell the energy just wasn't there the whole team. And Mark Jackson said, if Kawhi starts to struggle down the stretch, we better have the same energy we have for him that we do for LeBron because yeah. yes, because that is, and I Craig, I know you're a big LeBron fan too. So I feel like you're going to, you're going to second this. And it's, I mean, we, we can't, I know how much we want to take down LeBron. We'll get to the Lakers in a little bit, but like first it was, first it was Curry back in like 2015, like, Oh, he's, he surpassed LeBron. And then, 2016 happened and then then it was Kawhi last year when LeBron was in the playoffs and then he want to try to say Giannis who can't make a free throw so it's like get some I don't know so I'll leave it at that I have a lot of stuff on the Nuggets but um yeah man LA just they just they just collapsed they were just awful but um no it'll yeah go Nuggets <laughs> Cregan Corey do you guys have anything about the previous series because I do have one thing I want to bring up after you guys go yeah, Mike, like we were talking about earlier, like we like every game, I would just be like, okay, well, I mean, if it really comes to game seven, Kawhi Leonard will get the ball. He's the best in the league at getting to his spots and getting his shot off. And so, like, I was just waiting on that all game yesterday, and it just never happened. I mean, and then Jamal Murray, I, as soon as he hit that three, I mean, that's when it was over. They had no energy, the Clippers. It was tough to watch. And I saw a crazy stat that the Clippers traded more first-round picks for Paul George than he made shots yesterday. That is oh, wrong. Holy shit. Yeah. So, <laughs> in full, full, full mode, like Super Saiyan, if you want to call. And it was just ugly to watch, man. I I think, like, I saw Kawhi, like, complaining a lot, too. Like, he doesn't usually do that, which is yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I just think to the LeBron point, like, I just wonder what would have happened if LeBron did this. Like the amount, the slander that would have been on his name would be unreal. Yeah. Uh, that's all I have to say about that. Would have been crucified in mid court during halftime, dude. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I completely agree. I think two points I want to make on this before we get to the series that's now at hand. One is that had this happened to LeBron, forget even Game 7 struggling. Had he even allowed the series to get to a Game 7, he would have gotten so much slander, let alone actually losing that final game and performing the way that Kawhi did. I am a huge Kawhi fan. You can ask Andrew. Last year I had the Raptors going to the finals at the beginning of the season. He did. Not winning it. He called it. But obviously unforeseen circumstance with injuries, that's beside the point. But – um. Yeah, I mean, that happens to LeBron. He's getting slander from everyone, especially the Michael Jordan stands. But I also, I want to throw this out there too. The Clippers did not give a shit about the regular season. They did not care at all about the playing games in the bubble. And I get it, they were up 3-1 to the uh, against the Nuggets. So you can say it clicked and they just choked or what have you. But I think secretly the NBA is so glad that this happened. One, the Lakers are the dominant market in L.A., so if they get to the finals, especially with LeBron, ratings will go up. But two, Kawhi Leonard won the finals last year, missing about 20 games in the regular season. Had they won this year and he missed those same amount of games? I mean, sports are copycat leagues. Teams are going to start resting their stars 15 or 20 games and then see if they can win the finals that way, which obviously destroys TV ratings, especially primetime games. If I'm a fan, why would I buy a ticket if I don't know if their star's showing up that day? So I think in a way, and I thought they were going to win the finals, but in a way this might be good for the league because the regular season still means something as it stands. That said, we will now shift to the current series at stake. Um, first off, I want to ask you guys, will this be a competitive series? And this is before, obviously, we'll get to your picks at the end. But, I mean, the Nuggets... They've surprised a lot of people up to this point. Are they going to surprise the Lakers with a competitive one, competitive series? So um, I, I do want to say, sorry, one more thing about that last series. I want to shout out my uh, one of my best friends, Andy Dietrich, if you're listening. Um, Papa Nicola has continued his party to the promised land, and we are VIP guests. So uh, I, I, I got to throw that out there in case Andy's listening. Um, but to your point, Mike, I do think this is going to be a competitive series and I have a ton of bias. So I'll get that out of the way, but <laughs> um, I do think this is going to be a competitive series because uh, Cregan, like I told you a couple days ago, um, we were texting back and forth, like are the nuggets like legit. Do they have any shot? If they are healthy is the biggest thing. And I think right now the amount of momentum they have, and I think Jamal showed last night dropping 40 that, his his hamstring he did re-aggravate it against um, Utah in Game Seven, like right before the first half ended. So and you've seen him kind of be a little inconsistent, um, as opposed to right now. It, it looks like he's he looks pretty healthy. I mean, I mean Nikola is he's doing what he does, uh, best passing big man of all time. But I'll get to that in a second. But um, I do think they are legit. But um. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. We can swing it back and forth. But um, I, I got a lot of stuff to say about the Nuggets, but we'll, we'll kind of go around first and see if there's an actual shot of them winning the series. I think that it's going to be close, but I don't think it's going to be game seven. I'm going to say some someone's going to win in six games. I'll say that before I give my pick. But. I think we know who that is, Corey. Yeah. <laughs> <It's all right. laughs> we know. No, I no it's all right. It won't. I don't, it's going to be competitive, I think, but um, just not like uber competitive like we've been seeing in the playoffs. That's that's just my opinion. And I want to ask one thing, too. I hate to backtrack again, but do you guys – I just randomly thought about this. Do you guys think people would be qual- calling for LeBron to retire if he would have done what Kawhi did? Hmm. To retire? Yeah, like he's getting old and he like just lost – blew a 3-1 to series like, and people hate on LeBron so much. Like – do you think that would have happened? Yes. Go ahead, Cree. Okay, I'm thinking for sure you would have saw like all over ESPN like his minutes. He's just logged too many minutes, too many game sevens, too many finals. I've, I've like for sure. I don't know if they've been like maybe retire, but I just think they would have been saying like LeBron's done. He doesn't have it anymore. Like he can't. Yeah. Come. 
through in seven games. He just can't stay in shape for that type of stuff. I think, yeah, for sure you would have saw that. I think, Corey, you would have seen, um, on top of what Kriegan said, I think you would have seen um, how there's the debates, oh, is LeBron, uh, is he still the best, or is it Kawhi? I think there would have been a consensus, like, okay, like, come on, let's stop saying he's the best. Like, he's 35 years old. Like, yeah. everyone's shut up about that. But, um, no, that would have been – I mean, dude, he would have been just patronized if he did this. Um, oh, my God, I can't even imagine that, dude. Like, especially, like Mike mentioned, all, like, the Jordan stands. And, um, yeah, but, like, can you imagine on Twitter they would have been like, Jordan would have never – he would have never yeah. gave came through like they would have been going right. his neck. let's look at what jordan's doing to 17 oh what but i mean uh do you think this series will be competitive at all Kriegan? yeah i mean i'm done betting against the nuggets so yeah i do think it'll be competitive <laughs> i love the nuggets but i just always like i just don't think they have it like they can't keep pulling this out and they just keep doing it do i think they'll win i don't know we'll wait and see for that pick later in the episode um, but I think it's definitely going to be a competitive series. Six, maybe even seven games. I, I, I don't know. LeBron, if he lets it go to seven, then he's going to have some hate, which I don't think is right, but um, it's definitely going to be competitive. So let me – I want to start off with this then because LeBron will do his thing. I think we can all agree on that. I would argue personally, and I'll see what you guys think, I think Jamal Murray is going to step up big in this season. I think the X factors for both teams are Anthony Davis and Nikola Jokic. I think that's a really interesting matchup in the paint. Obviously, I don't think Davis will necessarily be on Jokic all the time because I do have guys like Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee to take on that role. But I think for them, too, I mean, what does that matchup look like for them? And do you think late in the game, maybe they are guarding each other? Can AD shut down Jokic or vice versa? Yeah, I think that was one of the things I was thinking about. And uh, after seeing the earlier game when the Lakers played the, the Nuggets um, in the seeding games, they had JaVale McGee on Jokic, but I feel like they should put AD on him. I feel like he matches up well, and he certainly matches up way better than anybody on the Clippers did against Jokic. So I would put AD on him, and I think he would do a, a pretty good job. So I, I think uh, to that point, Corey, too, um, with AD, I mean, no one's down in his talent, like 25 and 12 against Houston. Um it's going to be super interesting. I'm glad you brought this up, Mike, too, because L.A., they bring something that both the Clippers and Utah had no chance of doing. I mean, you you put, you put try to get Gobert and Zubac to go and cover Jokic um, on that high screen and roll, which I want to get to in a little bit with um, Jokic and Jamal Murray. But if you, those two guys, those big guys, they're not going to – they're not as ver- like versatile as Anthony Davis is going to be in terms of – being able to move with Jokic. Not that Jokic is very fast, but um, we know he likes to stand out there. So um, that'll be, I mean, ultimately that'll probably be the key to the series. Uh, LA is going to throw out with Jamal Murray. I'm sure we'll get to in a little bit, like with um, Rondo's healthy. Um, You're going to see Danny Green, KCP take their stab at it. But I mean, that was the thing with the Clippers is you got Pat Bev. We'll throw Paul George on him. We'll throw Landry Shamet. Um, all these guys uh, who, I mean, Pat Bev, first team, all defense. And we saw it really doesn't matter when Jamal gets going. I mean, he's virtually unguardable. We've seen this postseason. So, um, no, it'll be interesting to see those matchups. Yeah, I really think, like, I think Anthony Davis on him is great. I, I'm interested to see how Jokic guards um, Davis. But I really think that JaVel McGee could maybe give Jokic some fits because he's so athletic. And, I mean, I watched him play the Cavs how many straight series. He's so athletic. He can get out there and guard on the perimeter enough. And his length – like, Gobert gave Jokic some fits when he – if Jokic caught the ball and Gobert was on him right there, his length kind of gave Jokic some problems other than when he would, like, slop up those hooks that go in. I don't know how. But, <laughs> I mean, I really think JaVel McGee could maybe – if they put him out there, I think he could uh, give him some fits. Well, and I think, too, Cregan, um, I think we're going to see AD on Jokic, but I don't think we're going to see Jokic on AD. Um, I think it's one thing to have Davis go out on the perimeter and take on that challenge, but with in terms of who LA has to offer, but I think once you get to the flip side of who Denver has to offer, I think we're going to see Jeremy Grant on AD a lot with that length. Paul Millsap, um, I think, because these are all guys that are going to go out to the wing. Um, I, I don't think Mason Plumlee will try to guard Anthony Davis. Um I don't I think so. I don't think that'll go very well, um, but no, I, I think uh, 
those, that matchup is one that I'm super excited. I'm pretty sure the series starts on Friday too. They're um, which I'm glad they're doing that, giving them an extra day of rest, um, as opposed to what happened in the second round with um, Denver and LA playing like them when they did. What about playoff Rondo, man? Oh, I'm sorry. You say playoff Rondo, Mike? Yeah, I was just bringing that up. Don't worry, Coogan. It was an irrelevant point. I just love playoff Rondo, but go ahead. <laughs> Dude, that's a real playoff round. That's actually one of my points. I got, he, dude, he said that's a real thing, man. It's doesn't matter how, how old he's been, how, how long he's been here, man. That's he brings defense to that backcourt. Um, and I think the most interesting thing with that is he extends that. I mean, the whole storyline was who's going to be that third guy. I mean, Bron and AD are gonna they're gonna get theirs. We know that. Um, Kuzma has been super inconsistent. Uh, but who's gonna be it's like that rotating carousel of who's gonna support those two from a scoring standpoint and. Rondo was that guy um, last series in a couple games. So playoff Rondo is legit. He can shoot now too. Like it's, it's crazy, dude. Yeah, you you stole my boy. I was gonna say like for me, um, he's the X factor I think for the Lakers. If mm. he's hitting from deep, like if he's hitting threes, then the Nuggets are in trouble because like if he starts putting in twenty a game, like he put in I think I don't know like twenty five maybe or something the one game, and his defense. I mean if they Put him on Murray. I think he can uh, cause a little trouble there. He's really the X factor. He is their their third for their big three if he's playing well. Well, I mean, I'm a huge Rondo stan. He should be in the Hall of Fame. I think had he started his career five to seven years earlier, it's not even a debate. But uh, I definitely am rooting for him in this series. I want to ask you guys, too, because we were talking about LeBron and what would happen if Kawhi, if he had done what Kawhi had done. Um, and kind of crap the bed there because I do think a lot of people take a shot at his legacy. Forget about winning the finals because we haven't gotten there yet. But if the Lakers are able to win this series and LeBron is able to take them there, you're talking about a decade's worth of finals appearances. I mean, I get it. He has a losing record in the finals, although I think people take context out of that and we won't have that debate right now. Maybe if they do advance. But what does that do to his legacy? Because... I don't care what your record is in the finals. You cannot ignore a decade's worth of appearances. That's ridiculous. Hello? So I think you think you cut out on my end a little bit. Cut out on my end. Okay, my apologies. Were you talking about LeBron's legacy, I think, was the last thing. Um, Can you go on a rant again, please? Yeah, no. No, I apologize for that. Oh, this BW Wi-Fi is something else. I was just saying, so <clears throat> we won't get into the debate of LeBron winning the LeBron's record in the finals and what that does to his legacy because obviously a lot of people talk about his losing record, but I do think they take context completely out of that. But maybe if he makes the finals, we'll get to that. But I just want to go back to, I mean, the man has made a decade's worth of finals appearances. Like, what does that do for his legacy if he makes it again? Because 10 years of a league that's been around for, what, maybe 70 or 80? I mean, come on. How can how can people shit on that? That is – it's unbelievable. I don't care what his record is in the finals. That in of itself is impressive. I mean, what would it do to his legacy if he's able to make that 10th one in his 17th year? So um, I guess I'll take this first. Uh, I mean, it's something that we've never seen um, ever, really, in terms of him being able to literally anywhere he goes is associated with winning, um, like barring health, obviously, from if people – I don't know. I don't understand when people try to use last season against him, uh, given where the Lakers were before he got hurt. But I think seeing what he did dragging that 07 Cavs team to – Obviously, his years in Miami when he learned how to win, and then us and like his second stint with the Cavs, and then now in LA. I mean, it's it's something we've never seen ever. He's thirty five years old, and the, the dude looks like he's like seven years younger than he, he looks. Like he's the way he's playing is like his Miami years. I mean, he's, his head's above the rim on blocks. He's dunking on Russell Westbrook. Um, it's insane. He's he, it's it just it's attributed to how great he is. Um, on the court and then I mean off the court's a different story in terms of like his greatness with that, but in terms of a bat like basketball play, he's he's special. Yeah, and I think I'm actually trying to fathom that right now. He's been to the finals more seasons in his career than not. I've never looked at it that way before. I never actually- looked at it 
the way you said, you've been there 10 years and the league's been around for like seven or 80. That's crazy to me. I don't know why, but he's been there like for a portion of the time that the league has been established. I mean, basically for half my life, I've known LeBron James in the in the finals, which is just yeah. absolutely crazy. And it's nuts to think that his legacy can like can go even better and can grow even more. Mm-hmm. He's already regarded. I mean, to me, he's I think he's the best player ever. I never saw Michael Jordan play. Um, the documentary I just watched doesn't count. Um, but I mean, it's just crazy the things he's doing right now. Twenty six, ten, and eight. Uh, a steal and a half and a block a game in the playoffs is absolutely nuts. No, I, I completely agree. And I apologize again, my Wi-Fi went out. But before we get to your guys' picks, are there any last points you have about this series? Hopefully it's a good one. I mean, Denver seems to make every series interesting, apparently. Once they get down 3-1, they're the freaking dream team. But uh, any other notes on this series you guys have? Yeah. I wanted to – I was wondering, like, who's guarding LeBron? Because before they had Torrey Craig, but is that going to be a good matchup? What do you guys think? Um, I think, Corey, um, in terms of who they're going to throw out on him, I think you're, you, you'll see Craig a little bit. Um, me, Jeremy Grant, I think, when Millsap switched to, uh, to AD. I mean, Grant was the main guy in Kawhi. Uh, if they want to take a similar approach that Portland did um, early on with Gary Trent Jr., then – you'll see um, Gary Harris, a, a second Gary, uh, guard LeBron. Um, I mean, he did a great job on Paul George last series, but, I mean, LeBron's a different beast. We know that. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, it's the same thing. It's, it's the same thing with AD and LeBron. It's That's why they're the best duo in the league. It's who who the hell is going to guard those guys. Um, and even once they get going, it really does not matter who guards them. So, uh no, that'll be that's a good point. We'll we'll see. We'll see. There's so many in- interesting matchups with this. Um, yeah. This in the, in the Miami Boston series we talked about. Like, I mean, Jimmy on Jason Tatum is like, I mean, dude, that doesn't get doesn't get much better than that. So, um, a bunch of the, both these conference finals are going to be insane. Yeah, uh, I think to be like blatantly honest, it doesn't matter who you throw at LeBron. <laughs> I think they need to worry more about who they're putting on. Like, like if the Lakers go small ball and AD just runs the center. And they want to keep Jokic on the court. I just that's what I was talking about earlier, Andrew. Mm-hmm. I don't know how he keeps up with AD. I just mm-hmm. it didn't happen. That's a good that's, point. That's the thing with Jokic too. Is like, um, I, I, this, these are some of my last points, Mike, that I want to make about Denver. Is I want to talk about like their high screen and roll duo with Nikola and um, Jamal. I mean, you can argue that's the best in the league or one of the best. Like Luca and Porzingis, like obviously entering that conversation when they're healthy. Um, but just to think about Jokic in terms of, it, like, if he's going to be able to keep up with people. I mean, with his patience, um, one of those quote, one of the quotes he said earlier um, this postseason, which I thought was hilarious, where uh, I think it was Rachel Nichols asked, like, "Why are you why are you patient on offense?" And he's like, "I can't run very fast. It's my only option." And like that's yeah. that's hilarious. <laughs> but like on a real note, like with his patience, like I think that's what makes him so special, and it's something that we see with Luca too, and. Even at moments with um, Corey, can definitely attest to this with Jason Tatum. Like we talk all the time about him in terms of having that kind of patience with the offense, and in a way that it just looks like it comes so easy to them. Uh, and I feel like that energy of kind of that low stress in those high pressure situations, which Denver has been in the entire postseason. I mean, two seven game series, the entire team feeds off of that energy. Um, and I think you're even seeing that with Jamal Murray too, who I want to get to, and. Uh, in terms of his approach, and also Jokic and Murray, also they both lead um, the postseason in points and rebounds, which I thought was kind of sweet. Um, but that's also a, probably attested to like how many games they've played. But mm-hmm. anyways, like with Jamal, I mean, there's no other way to describe him than I mean, he's just a killer, man. The dude's a bucket. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the way he gets into his shot, like how tight that handle is. Um, I mean, don't even get me started about his floater game last night. The dude was just like throwing those up, like he's just unguardable when he gets going. And I mentioned Gary Harris earlier in terms of having him back on the floor, um, taking that pressure off of Jamal on defense, but he, I think he's an improved defender too, but um, I think that's just kind of in terms of, we've just seen guys that like um, who have historically not been that great of defenders, like in high pressure situations, they're going to step up. But, um, and then I want to just list off just to put in perspective um, how unbelievable some of his performances have been. I mean, in, this, in the playoffs. So game four against Utah, 50 on 58% shooting, 
Game five, 42 on 65% shooting. Uh, game six, and this is what I like. The thing, like, obviously ESPN and everyone was going crazy, like him and Donovan Mitchell going back and forth. Both those guys were shooting it at such high percentages, which is like how efficient they were is insane. I mean, game six against Utah, 50 on 70%. Like that for a point guard is like, it's ridiculous. And then last night, 40 on 58% shooting. I mean, uh, outscoring both Kawhi and Paul George. And um, I said at the beginning of the year, the team would be one of the deepest in the league. And we can talk about Jokic and Jamal all we want, but they wouldn't be there without um, Jeremy Grant mentioned his length. Michael Porter Jr., who I firmly believe would have been the number one pick um, in that draft if he didn't, I think, like, I think Torres, either his meniscus or ACI, it was a knee injury. But And then Paul Millsap, veteran presence, Gary Harris, Monte Morris, Torrey Craig. I mean, list goes on. Um, and one thing, too, I think you guys will find pretty cool is Mike Malone was actually an assistant to Mike Brown during LeBron's first stint in Cleveland. Wow. Yeah, which is I mean, yeah, it makes you think. Like, I mean, obviously LeBron is a much different player. Um, and like Creekin said, like it really once LeBron, I mean, whatever he wants to do, like, I mean, it doesn't matter what you what you try to do against LeBron. But uh, I don't know. That's just something that's kind of keep in mind is maybe his approach because I mean he obviously knows LeBron um, from early in his coaching career. But uh, if they want to win, dude, like they if Denver wants to win, like they can't get into the same habit of doing what they did against LA last round because in terms of falling down by double digits, like every single game, um, because this LA team, I think personally is so much more dangerous in transition than the Clippers ever were. Because once, I mean, you got LeBron throwing crazy out of the passes and especially Rondo, like it's like having a baby LeBron out on the court. So like um, they can't do that. And then they got to stick to that high pick and roll too. And um, put pressure on the Lakers guards and get some some mismatches with uh, Jokic and Jamal. So I can't wait for this series, dude. I, last night, like I, I, I couldn't sleep because I was just so hyped for games, like a game seven. So I'm just really excited. Yeah. Um, to touch on some of the things you said, uh, that high pick and roll. One thing, like the Lakers cannot and should not do, is try to trap Jamal Murray, especially if Jokic is setting the pick. Because if he gets it to Jokic and Jokic is on a four on three with everybody else in the play, he's gonna he's gonna make a good play for one of his teammates, and they're probably gonna knock down a three. I think that's why the Clippers lost is because they trapped Murray a lot and they were letting Jokic be a playmaker. They were also doubling him in the post, which allowed him to do the same thing. And he like he's going to find the open guy every time. So that's one thing I think the Lakers shouldn't do. Um, and then to your point about Gary Harris, I feel like since he's been back, like their defensive intensity has just been a lot better. Like They were a bad defensive team before he came back, and then now it just seems like they're picking it up, their rotations are sound, and they're – they're just working hard on defense. And then one more thing, um, I think their continuity that they've had from season to season, having the same core players and trying to win with the same group of guys um, is a big thing. I think Cregan can probably speak upon this. Um, at the college level, uh, like being one team, having continuity and like just loving each other and playing for each other, that goes a long way. And I think the girls' team, Cregan had that last year, and then our boys' team had that the year before. And those are the years that we were like the most successful. So I think that's one thing that um, could maybe push them over the top is their togetherness as a team and the willingness to play for each other. Yeah, speaking on that, like that's why that's exactly why the, our girls' team was so good last year. I mean, everybody on that team was literally best friends. Everybody, mm-hmm. there was one person that didn't talk to somebody else on the team, and that's why they were so good. Because on the court, I mean, they were. They played like one team. They played like one person. It was like one heartbeat literally going around the whole court. It was nuts. Uh, going back to this series, though, the, this is sounds so simple. But I think two or one big thing for both teams is they cannot get caught watching the ball. The Rockets mm-hmm. got killed by it last series because LeBron would just be dribbling out there. They'd be watching Kuzma. Those guys would just start cutting. they get easy buckets. And Jokic plays so dang slow. <laughs> High post. I mean, he's – his vision is ridiculous. And so if you caught watching him and he's just lulling him to sleep up there, I mean, when those guys start cutting around, it's it's over. He'll just drop him in for easy assist all day and they'll just get easy buckets. Yeah, they, they cut off the post. Like when Jokic is in the post, every time that you got like at least one or two guys cutting into the lane. And I think too, like to um, your point, Cregan, about like his vision and Corey too, you um, touched on it earlier, was like we could be watching the best passing big man of all time. I mean, you can make that case right now. Um, 
like, yeah, like no disrespect to uh, like who I kind of envision as um, some of the best passing big men that we've seen with like Kareem, um, Wilt, Carl Malone, uh, Charles Barkley, Akeem. Also, Arvidas Sabonis, um, yeah. who is like a huge what if too, but that's a whole other topic. Like when he was in Lithuania, Lithuania before he came to Portland and was on that, um, I think it was Scotty Pippen, Rasheed Wallace, um, that that squad. But but I digress. But I mean, what separates Jokic from a lot of those greats that I just mentioned in terms of passing is, and this goes with the way that the games evolved, is his ability to be an elite passer. And not only the post, like when um, when you guys mentioned where um, they'll try to like when Corey you said like they're, they're double team in the post and it's all about Denver's role players hitting those um, key shots, is his ability like to be an elite passer in transition, which is yeah. crazy because he's so slow. <laughs> which is like I mean, it's just so that's why it's so fun to watch. Like I don't know, I feel like he's just such a likable player, and like uh, I don't know, he's just like a big goofy guy and. I don't know. He's he's just so good, and the game just looks so easy to him. So, oh man, Papa Nicola, man, he's something else. I mean, to me, like he's like the Dostecki's man. He's the most interesting player in the league. Hard, <laughs> <laughs> like he can't run, but then you look and he's running the break, leading the point. Like that's what he, does. he can't jump, but he always he averages like over a block a game. It just makes no sense, but he's so dang good. Yeah. Dude, oh, go ahead, Mike. No, I was just going to say, I hate to use this analogy because it's kind of rude, but it's like when you go play pickup ball at the YMCA or something, and there's like there's the bigger kid that wears the hoodie, and like you're like, uh, like we're playing up against him. And the next thing you know, he's making threes, he's making these passes, and your ass just lost by five points to a kid that looked like he shouldn't have been there in the first place. He's like that. He is. He's exactly like that. And he's also like that old man that you're like, okay, there's no way this guy can go. But he's so wise because he's been playing for like 50 years. <laughs> yeah, he's just giving you buckets. And you're like, he's that guy that when like, you're on the bench and you're watching the game and he throws up one of those hooks that you're just like, there's no way it's going in. Like he, it just goes in and you just throw your hands up, you fall on the ground. He's just, he's amazing. He's, he's amazing. Dude, and, and I feel like I feel like some of the players like are confused when they're playing because like you'll see him take the ball up the court and like it'll be on a on a rebound and you'll have Jamal Murray or uh, Michael Porter calling for it and Jokic will just like wave them off and he'll just be dribbling when the ball's so high and like Kawhi yeah. Kawhi and Paul George will be like looking at each other and they're like what should we do <laughs> like they're so confused and it's just like I don't know, man it's a beauty to watch he's just so fun so fun and- to watch so good at that outlet pass he's like aaron Rodgers back there it's crazy the serbian aaron Rodgers, dude no. <laughs> no and i think on that point um andrew i do like Jokic. i i've liked watching the nuggets the last couple of years i probably come off as hating them um just a bit spiteful because they ruined some things for me but it's okay um but with that being said who do you guys – I want to know two things. Who do you guys think will win, but who do you want to win? Because <laughs> thinking about that, I, I think the Lakers will win. I thought five. I'm going to change mine to six games. I think the Lakers will win. I'm going back and forth on who I want to win because I think a Nuggets Heat final would be pretty sick. But uh, I also want to see LeBron get that fourth ring and hopefully that cements his legacy hopefully is the greatest all time. I think that would be cool. But I'll start with our guests first. Corey, who do you think will win and who do you want to win? Yeah, I'm kind of the same, almost exactly the same as you. I'm going Lakers in six is who I think will win. Uh, I think it's going to be close, obviously, and I think it's going to be really fun to watch the Nuggets go up against the Lakers. Um, and But I think I still want the, I want the Lakers to win too just because of the LeBron factor and I'm, I'm a fan. And I just, I just want to see him. Win another one. Cregan? Yeah, um, same for me. I just, like, LeBron's obviously going to let him get a few games. It seems like he always does. So I'm taking Lakers and six. Something deep down inside of me, though, wants the Nuggets to win. But I'm such a LeBron fan. I just I want to see him win. It hurts me because it's not for the Cavs. Um, but I want him to have his legacy, and I think he's better than Jordan. So I kind of want him to get that, uh, that next championship. Here comes Nugget, boy. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say that. <laughs> All right. Um, well, um, I would also like to see LeBron get that ring uh, just because of what he did in Cleveland. Um, 
my I mean, I just love what he does off the court. Don't um, say most, it. Most of all. But it wouldn't be an off-the-wall NBA preview if I did not say Nuggets in seven. Okay. <laughs> Andrew, if this happens, I will buy you – oh, man. You know what? Never mind. We'll, we'll figure out this hey, bet off, can, off camera. Can we, can we all get together for one game and do the Nuggets challenge? But Dude, cricket, I was literally about to say that. We need to do this. All four of us. We'll just do it like as four instead of one. We'll do the Nuggets challenge, and every time they score, like we'll all eat Nuggets. Let's do it. I'm down. I'm down. I'm game. Everyone's going to buy Jokic jerseys first. <laughs> <laughs> and I think on that note, we will close out the show. Um, thank you, Cregan and Corey, for being on. Again, we always appreciate having you on, so thank you so much. Thank you to those of you listening at home. Hopefully these are both good series. I think that's all you can ask for at this point. This has been one of the better NBA playoffs, I think, in recent memories. So with that, follow us at under... Fuck, I screwed that. Wow. We've got to make this explicit now. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, it's late. I'm tired. Uh, yeah, it'll be fine. Follow us at off the wall underscore BW. And um, maybe we'll live stream that Nuggets game we get together for when we all get fat. So, with that, Ooh. closing out the show. Thank you all for listening. Well, the spotlight is only going to get brighter now. Western Conference Finals is, as you mentioned, the L.A. Lakers, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, that whole group waiting for you. How do you think you match up against them? they got to worry about us, too. Yeah. yeah we can't go in with a... If uh, you're going to go out there and think about them, yeah, exactly. it's going to be a long night for us. You know, We just need to go there, out there and, and, and effort, I will say effort and having fun. Energy. Yeah. It's simple for us.